So how do you want this to work? Like, do I just bring up a topic or should we say what's up first? Or You just started it. Oh, it's on right now. Yeah, go. Mom. Cool. I actually think that was an appropriate way to start. All right. Um, do I, should I say welcome or something? <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Heat in the Kitchen podcast. No, no, no. Just go. Okay. Um, this is all live. We're, we're keeping all this. Welcome to the Heat in the Kitchen podcast. I'm Chef Avi Shemtov, Chubby Chickpea, Simca, Tap Beer Trucks. Today with me and our debut episode, uh, we're going to be doing this podcast weekly. The whole thing is going to be kind of just like bringing people from the food, sports, entertainment world together to kind of just talk about whatever's going on in current events, sports, politics, life kind of, right? Uh, so today with me, I've got Carrie Byrne, uh, who was the founder, founder, Cold Hard Football Facts, yeah. uh, the p- potentate of potentate of pigskin. Potentate of pigskin. Uh, I've got Corey O'Leary. I don't really have any tagline for you, man. No tagline, but just, I just want to let everybody out there know that the rest of the episode is not as boring as this intro is. Do you remember the rapper <laughs> Obi Trice? He used to be like, Obi Trice, real, real name, name, no gimmicks. gimmicks. That's going to be you. you know, cheers. Be like, cheers was a great album. Got Corey O'Leary, real name, no tagline. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, uh, Ryan, you want me to say something about you? All right, we got Ryan now. We got another, another dude out there. Just He's like just drinking like uh, Castle Island, and we're like, hey, well, hey, what do you think about this? We just throw it to him once in a while. That's cool. Hey, it works out, right? Oh, yeah, this is heat in the kitchen. Brady loses and he's leaving. What the fuck is this? Eminem responds to Cannon. He shoots and he doesn't miss. Yelpers and influencers with their fucking lips. Trump likes Iran like filet mignon. Burns to a fucking crisp. Like that shit, then you need to listen. Turn us up. This is heat in the kitchen. Heat in the kitchen. Heat in the kitchen. Heat in the kitchen. Okay, so let's start right with the fact that Carrie, there is zero percent chance, zero percent chance that you really believe the things that you would say on Facebook all season about the fact that this offense was historically good. I never said the offense was historically good. The, the team you called historically good, at least. No, the, def- the defense is and is absolutely historically good. It was the best defense in franchise history based on points allowed. So is there a way but, statistically? But, but the point is, this is what I was trying to get across to these crazy Patriots fans who thought the team sucked. The NFL was built so that no team is perfect. Back in okay. the day, you had teams that dominated in all phases of the game. Sure, sure. You know, the, probably the last one was the 96 Packers. Number one in both scoring offense, scoring defense, and all the stats that matter. Okay. Uh, the NFL is structured so that teams are going to have flaws. Mm-hmm. And the miracle of the Patriots is that year after year, they've overcome that system. And with flawed teams, one at a rate never before seen in the history of football. And this team was no more flawed than the 01 team, the 03 team, the 04 team, the 14 team, the 16 team, the 18 team. Well, the Not o- one of which people thought were going to win the Super Bowl. So it's hard to compare them to the 01 team. Because I was actually thinking about this yesterday when I was talking about we have different ways of measuring it, but we both yep. agree that the last 20 years have been unprecedented, right? So I was looking at it, and I'm like, here's an interesting way as a fan to look at it is just when is the last time the Patriots didn't go into a season a top three favorite to go to the Super Bowl? And it was probably, honestly, it was probably a one. They, they end up winning that year. But that team's different. You got to put them out. Of, you got to just kind of put them in a different category because, yes, that team was very flawed. Um, the 03 team was the a shocking one. Was, and the 04 team. What was the flaw in the 03 team? They had a terrible offense. They scored 348 points, and people did. Brady was not Tom Brady. Brady was still even 04. Brady was not Tom Brady. Brady was not even a top 10 quarterback in the eyes of the football literati in 2004. It took that third Super Bowl, and another. So, you know, he was pretty good in that Super Bowl, though. Right? Yeah, he, he was. was. No, he, he was, was good in all of them. But right, my but point is, people didn't think it took him to win three Super Bowls before people took him seriously, because people in football look at pedigree, 
Oh, Peyton Manning's the number one pick. He must be better. Well, and Brady's a six-round draft pick. And we saw the same thing with the Philadelphia Eagles a couple years ago. Uh, Nick Foles was Super Bowl MVP. Outgunned Tom Brady in, sure. in what well, Tom Brady probably the greatest passing day in the postseason history. Foles has like a winning gene. Which, exactly. By the way, Brady and, and used be, to. But, but the thing is what people in Philadelphia said, well, Wentz is a first-round pick. He must be better. In reality, they screwed up. Nick Foles is a better quarterback. He produced better. And it's no different than, you know, say what Brady did relative to, to Drew Bledsoe was a first-round pick. Sure. The, so there's a bit of revisionist history here. And then 14 – uh, no one thought that team was good enough to win. And last year, no one thought that team was good enough to win. That's why I don't understand why people are so angry. You've got to give the team the benefit of the doubt. They've, no, they've won because they've not, despite not always being the best team. Right, but I, th- but I think the difference, and this was a huge difference this yep. year. And by the way, I actually, I've not, I'm not one of those people. I wasn't a Brady guy early, but I'm also not one of those people that's giving up on Brady now. Like, I saw Brady make some throws on Saturday that told me Brady was still Brady. Um, he just doesn't have weapons around him. And quite honestly, and I've told you this privately, I think Josh McDaniels is trash. I've just never been to Josh McDaniels. I wasn't, listen, I didn't like him in 07. I could devise an offense that could get Randy Boss, Randy Moss, the ball, in double and triple coverage. Like, I can do that. And actually, I thought Josh McDaniels, his trashness was proven when Eli Manning throws a ridiculous pass and then they don't even cover Plaxico Burris. They score that touchdown. And What's Brady that have gets, to do with Josh McDaniels? Because then Brady gets four throws in a row, all right, and all, all they right. do is chuck the ball down to Randy we're, Moss. We're not... We're not going back to 07. Here. No, we are. Right. <laughs> this is 2019 here. Tell us who uh, we're sponsored by. W- Tell us who we're sponsored by before sponsored with, that fire, with that fire take right there. All this excitement and the, the fire take that Josh McDaniels is garbage. In 07. I can't. Uh, by the way, I shouldn't say that that's brought to you by Castle. I don't know. They might, they <laughs> might hate Josh McDaniels. They might not. I have no idea. But my opinion was brought to you by Castle Island. Uh, only one and a half so far. Uh, but yeah, Castle Island makes great beer. I don't know. Do you like Castle Island? I love Castle Island. I covered them when I was with the Boston Herald when they before they even opened. Adam Romanow and that whole crew, yep. and uh, uh, they do great beer. Ryan we, likes we, Castle Island. Yeah, actually, with my with uh, my work in Quincy, we've got we've helped get Castle Island in a lot of places quietly. Adam, you owe me a, a commission, I think, somewhere along the way. But I've been a big supporter of Castle Island. Well, since. plus the other I thing drink is a lot of it. That, so well, I don't know if you owe me any of that. Go into that place. You know, you got kids. They got that arcade and you know cornhole or whatever. Yeah, Take yeah. your kids there. That's a great. That's so, a by the way, this is not this. We're I'm not saying this one. because they agreed to sponsor us, but I will say I tell people all the time, the coolest vibe uh, at a at a tap room in the greater Boston area is at night shift in Everett. Like it's just a cool vibe. But where to best, go? Yeah. But Castle Island sponsors. No, but the best right tap the room. But the best tap room, as far as like the actual beer drinking, is at Castle Island only because like no one else makes like 10, 15 different beers that are all good. Uh, so it's like you know. And there's you also there, a lot of variety in Castle Island. Like you go to Trillium, and uh, not that Trillium isn't great, but they're all kind of. Can not we a, wait till like the right. third episode before we start ripping Trillium? No, I'm not ripping Trillium. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's, there's I mean, I might. I'm just saying. I'm not going to well, do it right now. I'm not try, there yet. He's trying to. He's trying to rip Josh McDaniels. So yeah, yeah. Get so back to that. Josh McDaniels is the Trillium of offensive coordinator. No, what what I would say. So let me say this. What what I would say about the Patriots this year is they were out of character in a lot of ways. Okay. Okay. And the one moment that summed up. There were two moments that summed up. That Bill Belichick himself uh, made decision. He's usually been a very aggressive against the grain coach. And in the Miami game in Week 17, the last game of the year, when they sit on the ball with what a minute and a half left and don't even try to get downfield and get a field goal, yep. when they were getting that, that was normally historically that's Patriots go time. We're gonna at least put up a field goal and get the ball back in the second half 100%. and make it. And they sat on the ball. Yeah. And then the other one on fourth and one, uh, it was in the first half against against the. Uh, 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 Titans the other night, sure. And instead of going for a fourth and one, you know, fourth and goal from the one, yeah, they kicked a field goal, which again was against character. Because usually what he would do is 
go for it. And if you fail, if you don't get in, well, then you're putting the team, the team has to, the opponent has to march 99 yards. And when they kicked a field goal there, that was almost like, Listen, that, that and by the way, and they didn't even like they didn't do the Tom Brady, but they ran work. three terrible plays exactly, first. So exactly. you got to kick the field goal. That's your best play there because McDaniels is such trash that he said, he said, oh, they're the nose isn't covering up the center yeah. on first. Nope. We're not going to sneak Brady. Well, we're going to go sweet to the outside. Then Rex Burke had barrels down for yep. what would have scored on first. But they they go back again, to Sony Michelle. Again. And no knock to Sony Michelle. He's his old no, no, skill no. set. See, that's also Stupid. old Patriots right there. Yep. I told you this. Yeah. They would have after the screen to Burkhead down to the one. Yep. They would have Brady would have hurried them to the line. Of course, keep the Titans are out of sorts. Snap it quick, get in, punch it in. 100%. You know, instead they run Sony in. You know, now Tennessee. Set. No, they didn't run him in. They ran him all the way to the outside, <laughs> two yards backwards. No, but, I mean run him yeah. in, so, run him out to the field. I know what you meant. I so mean. they have the most successful play in the history of the NFL, and we've chronicled this in my days at Cold Art Football sure. Facts. The most successful play in the history of the NFL is a Tom Brady sneak, and on like third and one or fourth and one, going back 19 years now, sure. it succeeded like 95 percent of the time. It's almost a miracle that it succeeded. So often. Well, he's six so, four. So not, to, to, but still, yeah. it's still he's still he's not the biggest most strapping quarterback you've ever seen either. No, but and it's and he he's might not be the, the toughest of any of the. Big and he may be, but the point is no that play that, that play succeeds at a rate unprecedented in the history of football. They didn't try it once, and the plays they did try were not creative. Sure. And they didn't even try to throw the ball once. So, and then on top of that, they don't pin. They had a chance to get seven points or pin the pin the Titans at the one yard line. Yeah. That whole series was against character. And it was all the little things this year that were against. And then Edelman in, on the last drive, in the, one of the last drives in the fourth quarter, drops a sure for, first down. That probably would have resulted in at least a field goal. To a win? Two. No. It was all the, resulted in a win? Yeah. yeah. That's what it's, it's all the little things. It's all those little things that they didn't do well, that they t- historically do well. Yep. But they weren't a bad football team. And my no, beef was with Patriots football, football team. team was they're they thought they sucked. Team, you, they, people here are so spoiled. that well, They ended the season. They, did they, is it true they won one of their last five games? I saw that they were they were uh, they lo- they went one and they lost three of their last games at home, like three of whatever. Yeah, Bills, three or four. Texans. All right, real quick before know. we move on they to uh, Bills, to, yeah. to other exciting news, uh, Corey does does Brady come back? Yeah, but uh, I don't even know why you're asking. Brady's the quarterback of the Patriots next year. It's not even a question. Carrie, what about you? I agree. Okay, I actually agree with that 100% too. I just want to get <laughs> really? this out there. Oh, well, this is going to be a great podcast. Well, here's why I want to get out there. There's one thing I want to get out there, though, that I, I, have, I just don't see anybody talk about. Sometimes it's maddening to me that people don't understand how, cert, like, how certain things work. So, like, everyone keeps basically the one thing that makes people think Brady's going to leave, right? Is the fact that in negotiation last year, he asked no franchise tag, right? But there's a reason. His reason for that is because he wants to stay, not because he wants to leave. It's because he's seen how Belichick operates. What do the Patriots use franchise tags for? To keep guys? No, to trade them. So the issue is Brady's like, you're not going to franchise me and then trade me away and pick my destination. You're either going to give me my contract or you're going to let me walk. So everyone gets it in their head like, oh, Brady doesn't want to get franchised because he wants to leave. No, it's because he doesn't want to give them the control forever, which is that's what their MO is, right? I mean, even Belichick knows. I mean, he said it the other day. He's like, he's the, he's an iconic status, and that, that changes things a little. Right? Of course it does. Because if you're – I saw something, someone pointed out the other day. Forget about the winning, because everyone talks about is it Brady, is it Belichick, is it Brady. It doesn't matter about the it's winning. Brady. Let's just talk financial. I, you know, I, I, we'll, I don't agree with that. <laughs> um, but the issue we'll is – But on the financial Find side out. of it, but on the financial side of it, it's 100% Brady. Like, Tom Brady made this franchise – Like, you ever read uh, Playing for Keeps, like the no. book by Halbert Summer about Jordan's no. career? Brilliant. Great book. Brilliant book. Well, that's it's what about I want. the financial I, side of Jordan's career and like how how like Nike's not a company when they sign Jordan and then they and and like the Bulls finances and all like the NBA's finances. Well, Brady was that to this franchise. So at the end of the day, 
you don't let Tom Brady leave for some for someone else. That's a crazy move. He's the most important well, employee. I but the what. other question is what people are saying is, would Brady go take the money and run when someone offers him a $300 million, million dollar deal in Miami? No, he comes he, back and he goes, give me that money. But, and then if they say no, then he gets pissed. But he doesn't. He's never – the reality is they've all made more money together over the long haul because – Brady. Yeah, he has because he's made more endorsement deals. He's become Tom Brady. His value is much greater he now made than more endorsement deals he in been, New if, England. If, if he went, if he went, if he had gone somewhere, whatever, say three contracts ago when he was up, and he went to Cleveland and took the money, he'd okay, be out of football already. He's, yeah, they've all made more money because he played ball on the, because he understands the salary cap. And so the, the, there's but no, ultimately, there's, he what made the, them more money, and they didn't make him. More everybody money. made yeah, more no, money. Everybody, that's everybody, everybody, yeah, no, everybody. That's my point. Everybody's rich. They have a lot of money. Uh, yeah. But Giselle has the a thing lot of I want to know too. is right. So you make the point about Jordan. Vanilla Ice has a lot of money, by the way. I, I found that out the other day. I want to know. I note he did some VH1 shows. Dude, he's worth eighteen million dollars. Did you know that? That's I saw. Isn't that what Tom made this year? Is that just from the Patriots? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tom Brady is richer than Vanilla Ice. No, but hey, when he's playing hoops with Jordan down in the Bahamas, I want to know what Jordan has to say about all this. He's the only. He's the only comp in this whole situation. He went to another team. People shit on him for it, which I think is yeah. But he owns a piece of that. Like he owned a piece of course, of course, of course. He still went to another team, and people be like, "Oh, how could he ever go to a different team?" It broke my heart a little. A couple things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Brady. uh, First of all, Kraft has been very effusive in his not only his appreciation but his love of Tom Brady and Brady vice versa. Are we going to use words like that on this podcast? Because I'm verbose as well. Appreciation. No, you said effusive. Effusive. But what's our demographic? (laughs) Is our demographic going to understand effusive? Can we translate that? We'll find our demographic in a couple weeks. Oh, but I to to uh, uh, my point is, like, they, they they clearly have deep appreciation and even love for each other. They've stated it publicly. Yep. If you watch the NFL uh, top one hundred, they 10, literally 10 have never team. hung out outside of the stadium. Brady said that once in an interview. But they all that's just Kraft, his boss, Kraft or Brady. I mean, oh Belichick. no, no, oh Kraft and Brady definitely hang out together. Yeah, Belichick, Not, Belichick is his coach. But right, Bel- it's his but, boss. But Belichick and Brady in that a NFL coach. 100 thing were could, could not have been more collegial and happy and laughing and telling old war stories. And sure. I don't. They, I doesn't. The first of all, let's say this: the people on the sports airwaves in Boston talking about this all season long have no idea what they're talking about. They're just making it up as they go. They have no inside <laughs> information. They're just bullshitting it every every day, sure. trying to stir up controversy. So they don't. I don't know. You don't know. And they don't know. Nobody knows how I mean, it's going to play out. I don't think but Brady knows fully. No, he doesn't. That's no. my point. So I mean, shit could really change play. between now no, and no. then. He wants to play for the Patriots next season. hundred percent. So my question, I agree. So what? So what's his? What would be? Let's play devil's advocate. What would be his incentive to leave? Uh, I think egos get involved in any job situation. Yep. I think he goes in. They basically tell him like, "Hey, look." We're not sure we want you, or hey, this is what that looks like, and they uh, they lowball him in a way that makes him feel offended. That's not happening. I, I don't. I think the no, relationship's too strong. I, I maybe listen, I'm being naive, right, right, but right, maybe I'm being naive, but right. I don't. Corey, did you hear? Corey, did you hear Eminem's response? Any chance? Eminem's response to, to, to Nick Cannon to Bill Belichick. I thought of all people, Corey loves. You know, it's, it's important for us to establish this very early. I saw it. and I never. Corey looked it up. loves Eminem. Like not like Eminem first three albums, great rapper, blah blah blah. Corey like will defend like nowadays Eminem like embarrassing Hold on, you like told you me that last album was fire no I I said that at first and I think maybe that was a few Castle Islands in um, I listened to it again and I'm like ah but it's fine like it's fine but 
Anyway, either way, have you heard the response? Does anybody, you, Corey? I have not heard all it. All right, you haven't heard it, Carrie? Are you familiar with this this conflict between Nick Cannon and uh, 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 Eminem? Uh, I have to plead ignorance. Okay. Well, uh, why are you, why are you going to Eminem and uh, Nick Cannon right now? It's just something I saw today, and I thought it was I, given your your affinity. I saw people I shitting on Nick Cannon on Twitter. Who, well, uh, Nick, by the way, who, who, who is Nick Cannon? Okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's actually Eminem's point. Uh, so Nick Cannon. Real quick backstory, and then we'll move on from this real quick. But it's funny though. Uh, Nick Cannon is like a um, like a Nickelodeon star turned like kind of half wannabe thug slash like Mariah sort of Carey's musician. But he was married to Mariah Carey, and that's what the point of the conflict is. Oh, At well, one point, Eminem that's was quite just a like, lifetime achievement. Yeah, well, you know, Eminem, who just kind of makes fun of people for the sake of it, made like made fun of Mariah Carey. They dated for like a minute, and like kind of made fun. And Nick Cannon took like offense to that. At the time, it was his wife. I get it. So now here we are like a decade later and for some reason Nick Cannon has been putting out like rap diss tracks against Eminem who's who's not responding and it's amazing how the internet has just been shitting all over Nick Cannon. Like he puts them out and it's, and people people are like you've put three out and Eminem hasn't put any out and you've lost. And then I just happened to be looking at something on YouTube and, uh, and Eminem had responded to Nick Cannon but... I've seen that nowhere, and it's like kind of offbeat, so I thought maybe it was like fake for a minute, except it's all like current event stuff like that he's talking about. So it has to be real, and I thought maybe you'd have heard it, and I knew you'd what, take his side. Wasn't Nick Cannon and the Backstreet Boys or something I like forgot. that? He, Is this the same guy? To be honest, the Backstreet Boys were kind of, they were hot for a minute. Uh, Nick Cannon's never been there. No, oh, Nick right. Cannon is Thinking not. of a different guy. Yeah, different guy. Well, anyway, that oh, Eminem track, I don't remember it, that like, guy's name, if but. anybody hated on Eminem, Carter. I would just... Get it Nick, <laughs> Nick got it. Hey, I was close. Yeah, no, he got it, yeah. But that different Eminem guy. track, the warning right there to uh, Mariah and Nick Cannon is... That was like anybody. Ago. It was not a good song. <laughs> it was very I, I didn't want to... I should hey, just play it. I, we'll get a copyright infringement here. I don't know Nick Cannon. the whole thing. They don't do that. He's got the he's like the, got the greatest. It, Carrie will fall over in his chair, start laughing if I just. Carrie, you've song. never seen Wildin' Out on MTV. Oh, I remember That's when MTV used to play music. Okay, so <laughs> that's uh, a long time. Ago. <laughs> I remember the very when MTV debuted. Anyway, oh, I, I would say this. All, I don't I know. Nick, I, I don't wasn't know. Born yet. I've, all Nick Cannon did was marry Mariah Carey. I think that's a pretty cool lifetime achievement award, isn't it? Dude, I mean, I would say no. Maybe like. In 1992, yeah, she's Tommy like Mariah Carey in 2000. There's Is that his no. name, Tommy Matola, Tony Matola. I don't know. Tommy, don't know. Tommy Matola. Tommy Matola yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All right, let's talk about Iran. All right, uh, <laughs> you are <laughs> jumping between topic and what topic. What do you want me to talk about? You want me to? I got things on my mind that I want to get out. Of. Hey, so I don't know if you remember this. I looked this up yesterday. Okay. Back during I the don't Iran, remember that you looked it up yesterday. Dur- no, I'm, I'm telling you, during the Iran during the Iran hostage crisis in the okay. in like 1980, sure. there was a song that came out to the tune of Barbara Ann by the uh, Beach Boys okay. called "Bomb, Bomb, 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 Bomb." Iran, and I looked it up. It's still out there on YouTube, and the guy who sang it. It turns out it was Vince Donald Vin- Trump was Vince Vance and the Valiants who sang like one of the most famous Christmas songs of all time. Uh, that sounds uh, that's it, it. That's on brand. That's actually on brand. Yeah. That's pretty much, you sure? <laughs> that's what I've, this is all about. Donald Trump is a huge Vince Vince and the Vance. Vince Vance and the Valiants. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you got to look it up. Bomb, bomb, bomb. That song's gonna make a comeback. Okay. I think. Cool. It wasn't written by the guy. What was it? What was the, I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name that was killed, to be perfectly honest with you. Soleimani? Um, Soleimani, is that his name? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a general in like a joint. But you know, in your politics, you're probably totally against killing Iranian so the, the, terrorists. It's complicated, right? Yeah, you like, found it. Nice. It's yeah, complicated. So this is uh, classic 1955 right here, baby. You can't put my politics in a box, Kerry. You see? All right. I'm like, I consider myself. Just, just left of center. When Hold on. What other podcast is going to play 
Eminem's The Warning, and then Bomb 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 I Ran. By Vince Van Which Which are there other bad podcasts as well. <laughs> within within a minute time Incredible. frame? A minute? That oh, was true. that was that yeah. was a pretty quick no, turnaround a, right that there. That is a good turnaround. Um don't, no, don't play KB like that. Okay. <laughs> here's the thing about bombing a run. So first of all, um I just like this is this is a completely non uh, a completely nonpartisan opinion. Everyone's fucked. Because everyone's got an opinion on shit that they don't even research, they don't think about, they don't even look at. Somebody just told them something well, and they welcome just to regurgitate the in- welcome that. Welcome to the internet. Well, right. That's the problem nowadays, right? So, like, everyone sees, like, okay, Trump kills this guy, right? And uh, yeah. and then and people have opinions one way or the other, right? They're mad or they're not mad or they think, like, it's whatever. War crimes, I heard. And then you find out that, like, first of all, Iran had killed an American contractor that day. So it's not like they're just like sitting around. They're like, what are we going to do today? I don't know. Let's kill a general from Iran. Also, and this is my biggest criticism. This is the, the biggest thing I have to say. The biggest issue is, why does Trump go out and claim responsibility? That's the weird part. right? So like, we're not a terrorist organization. We don't need to raise our hand and go, that was us. Like At the end of the day, here's what you say. And, and again, I, I carry two passports. So the Israeli in me says, this is what Israel would have done. They would have been like, what do you mean? We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't target an Iranian general. We just hit the Iraq airport. No, like there was some, there's militias. They just went at the embassy. Like, no, we start. Oh, wait. An Iranian general was at the Iraqi airport at the time that Iran was attacking the embassy. Oh, my God. And you just play it off. Everyone knows you did it, but you don't come out and say you did no, it. No, because he wants, he, wants to, he wants people to know around the world he's the alpha male. Yes, but that's, that's, an issue. that's an issue yeah. between him and his tiny penis. Like at the end of the day, the biggest issue that we have sometimes is that. So here's the thing I, I'll go on record as saying. I have no issue with Trump, with that strike. No issues at all. I also don't have an issue with the follow-up tweet of like, hey, if you touch an American asset or American person, we're going to like fuck all your shit up. We've got 52 different That's basically sites. been understood Totally since, cool. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, 1941. That should be understood. Like at the end of the day, if I'm traveling overseas, I want people to know like if you bump me on the subway, my president is going to nuke you. Uh, <laughs> that's probably a little far, but I don't know, not in Trump circle. But So the thing with Trump though is, but why does ego? It should scare all of us that like his ego is so involved. Like that's the part I, that I, I the think. Wrong way. I, but I, I'm with him on the move. I just I don't like it. He scares me because he's not right. There's something wrong with that guy. But here's one thing, and and, Amer- and I studied a lot of this. No, I'm no, no professor, but sure. for years we sat back and let countries take advantage of us. We we come to a negotiation. We have all the cards and we don't put them out on the table. And okay. he's just saying, everyone. We we hold all the cards. He's saying to Iran, "What are you what are you going to do? To we we could literally we have submarines with nuclear warheads and aircraft carriers and everything sit off Iran, and we could annihilate the whole country if we wanted to. And we don't because we're not that kind of country. But and we should. They need, they need the to, no, we should, no, no, should we? So we should not. Nor we should, should we? not be wiping Nor should Iran we? Off but them. my point is, we could. And they need to know. Like we need to negotiate from a position. You're you're a businessman. Do you negotiate from a, a position of weakness or a position of strength? And um, a position I of personally, strength. that's a good question. I personally negotiate from a position of what's the best way for both of us to leave this table feeling like we like we have and we something. do that but so we, i've but, never yeah. once been like listen i could i could destroy i could literally wipe you off of the planet no but we don't and, my, uh, my, but i'm not going to i'm not choosing my point to. is why do we why do we why do we dick around with with these you know you know so let's go back you said the, you said these mullahs who want to who want to wipe his off the map advantage of us who what a lot of you know, Europe took advantage of us for, well, forever. Oh. We, we've defended that continent for you know for seventy five years, which we should have, okay. and we still do. But he's yeah. finally saying stuff like, you know what, you got to. You know this isn't this isn't this isn't anymore. What five by six tomatoes? Commodity tomatoes. What fifty eight dollars? 
So I started being like, what happened? I asked, like, my purveyor, I'm like, was there a, uh, like a freeze that I don't know about? So I looked this up. It's just the time of year where Mexico's the only ones producing tomatoes, coinciding for the first time with Trump's tariffs from last March. So Mexican goods are tariffed. And now if Mexico's the only place that's, that's producing tomatoes, now you're seeing a jump. And like usually that goes as high as like the, the mid to high 30s. And now you're talking about $57. Does the American consumer want to eat that? No. Low? Like, no, but the incentive now is for, the incentive now is for American to. businesses. But I guess to, Mexico was taking advantage of us. So we set them straight. The, the incentive now is for American businesses to start growing tomatoes that are available in the winter, which we can do. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a great idea. They're called hothouse tomatoes. They're going to cost me $75 a case. Hey. It's a bad you idea. Know, you know, hey, you there's going to be a tax on that. You know what I mean? Uh, all, it better be solar powered, uh, that greenhouse. You yeah. know? But we well, legalize so, weed but, and we can make salads out of that shit. That's right. They can make almost anything out of that shit. But so I don't understand your point. You're like, you're glad we we bombed this terrorist. Listen, yeah, it listen. killed him. But well, you're by also. Way, can, can we clarify something else? So here's another thing, because like again, you can't put me in a box, because like I just want us to all be honest. So we can't call the general of a of a sovereign nation a terrorist. Oh, I get it, because he's an Arab, so we'll call him a terrorist. He's not a terrorist. He's not an Arab. He's, he's an he's enemy not, of he's ours. He's not an Arab. Right First of all, he's not an Arab. Can't call him a terrorist. He's not an Arab. He's yes, a Persian. He okay. Oh, actually, okay. you know, you are right. There. Yeah. So, he's but not, I but my point is, why are you calling him a terrorist? Because he he commits he commits acts of terrorism all around the world. What it act of terrorism? Uh, 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 well, he no, he's, it, he's planned attacks in IEDs like, all over, you know, like killing, Thailand, killing, killing, like, Okay, yeah. we, we plan attacks. L- listen, well, did you say uh, is the United States a terrorist? Uh, uh, people in Iran would say yes, or Iran, I should say. But here's the thing: any country, Iran, Iraq, China, Russia, they have people in power that don't like America, whatever. But the people eventually will have to decide, right? Iran, they're going to protest against their government. We wanted, uh, we wanted, didn't we want democracy in the Middle East? What happened? Hamas came, did they not? What about Hamas? The, Sorry. Yeah, you're too busy drinking over there. Yeah. By the way, the people have to decide, right? If you have a, a free election, you have a free election, and Hamas gets elected. Sure. Is that what happens? Uh, I mean, te- I, that's what they say. And I don't know how real that is. Okay, but either way, the people are going to have to decide. I, Iran has thirty something million people, right? Sure. So if it's so bad for the country, do you know how I know it's 80 million? Do you know how I know it's 80 million? Because yesterday I read a report that there's like a, a like a groundswell. Some guy like on some on some internet channel, it, he's a he's Iranian, and he's saying if he's like, if everyone from Iran contributes one dollar, they want to put an 80 million dollar bounty on Trump's head. That should offend all Americans. Can I be clear? You can't put a bounty on our president. I've heard Americans say they want Trump tried for war crimes like listen you can hate someone internally you do not want your sitting president tried for war crimes that's absurd that's a terrible terrible precedent to set and uh but that's how i know that there's but, right, so what, the if way, the pe- what if the people did what if the people you know but the, 60 first million of all, people said first of all the people right, would dollar the people then would be like well six but 75 percent of that country is against america well then i say fucking the, the, av- the average person in iran hates it's probably yeah, the same dude getting like a America. dollar, That's like a dollar over and over. They're gonna again. have to overthrow the government then. Exactly. It's like you know, Sammy Adams and it has up. nothing to do with us. Then uh, it, uh, it always has something to do with us. But if the people are either gonna overthrow their government or they're gonna hate America, that's what it seems like it comes down to. I think there has to be a middle ground there. It has to be a middle ground. Why? If they're, if they're being oppressed, America. if they're being oppressed by their own government, right? Right. So, are they just gonna live like that then? They're gonna live under oppression then. I don't know. Maybe I'll be honest with you. If we could get a bunch of people put, to put one dollar each on Josh McDaniel's head, I'm interested <laughs> in talking about it. 
I think your uh, I think your criticism of Josh McDaniels is vastly overstated. No, absolutely not. So you the, may the, next, you, the next head coach of the all, New York Giants. So terrible. I, I I I would guarantee you that as an offensive coordinator, his teams have produced more points per game than any offensive coordinator in the history of football. Well, yeah, because you know what's been present every single Tom time. Brady. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, but, Listen, if but, I would if but, I, if but, I drew up the triangle in Chicago. <laughs> they did. I could have made it a circle, and they would have been like, obviously an offensive genius. But I'm just saying, you know, like I think this season they, I, I just they did a lot of curious things that made no sense. But to say he he's a shitty offensive coordinator is overstating it. His teams have produced more points per game, and I actually. I'm almost 100 percent sure this produced more points per game than any offensive coordinator in the history of football, given a certain amount of games, given That's you know 50 true. games or you know That's whatever. True. But I I think it's mostly Brady. I also think it's all Brady and not Belichick. But it's hard to separate the two when you know uh, it's, it, it's another debate. But how do you how do you say he's terrible when his teams produce points? Because even in this big year, moments even this year, where they should be show, where he should be showcasing his skill set, they this year, fall and this year they didn't. This year yeah, they you're didn't. Talking about in 07, they didn't. They threw four bombs to Moss. Listen, listen, listen. Stop you're, going you're, back you're, to 07. You're going, you're going All right, we're not relitigating 13 this. years ago to, to find the other and time. his best hold year on. ever. Hold on. But but also, his best yeah, year but ever. To be fair, Tom also changed that year. Oh, we're only going to score 13 points. Uh, the 2003 Brady's not saying that. Was, that. that was the sure. worst game in Patriots history, quite frankly. Mm. Considering from where they, where they were. The championship the year before was the worst game in Patriots history. No, no. Because that, half, no, cause that team, that was a team that punched. Here's where the Patriots lost three Super Bowls they should have won. In 06. They had their defense fell apart, and they lost. I forget what the final score was, like 38-34. They lost to the Colts. They suffered. They were up twenty-one to three at one point. It was so brutal. And they suffered the greatest second-half collapse in NFL history. I can't believe we're still friends after that. And the Patriots responded. Hold on, this is something. Drunkenly tackled me. The Patriots responded. How'd they respond? The defense. The by the trading, offense trading for Randy Moss. The, 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 the offense wasn't the, the problem that day. And people said, oh, wait, Brady needs weapons. Brady did not need weapons. Brady put up 34 points in the NFC title game. What they needed was defense. So they doubled down on offense. They got Randy Moss and West Welker. Yeah, and that set that franchise back for, for five years. Because you don't win just by chucking the ball well, downfield. You win with balance. Is there Richie Caldwell in jail? The, uh, pa- yo, the Patriots yeah, pushed, is, right? pushed me. Yeah, sold a lot of drugs. The Patriots went the wrong Tampa, way. They read, yeah. they read that game wrong. They read that game wrong. And well, they, here's, they, the, here's the already here's a very underrated thing. They would definitely have another Super Bowl if Tom Brady did not tear his ACL in the first game. Oh, they like that set them back two years right there. Yeah, you know because they were undefeated coming up. Uh, where are they? In, you know what's where ama- are they in You know what's amazing right, about this right, team right, is right. there were like six the six lost Super Bowls of this franchise. Uh, 07, they should have won that Super Bowl. 06, they should have won that Super Bowl. They shouldn't have had that collapse. And they would have beat Chicago. And I, don't know, I don't know. The Bears in the rain, they look the, pretty they, good. They would have oh, killed, they they so killed that game. So, so 06, they had the collapse. They, they should have won that Super Bowl. 07, they should have won that Super Bowl. That's, that was a Listen, I'll go back points. to Denver. They should have oh, won that Super Bowl. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. 2002, they, if they got in the no, playoffs, no, they would have No, I'm talking yet. about teams that were oh, good geez. enough to win that had these things go wrong. 2010, they were 14-2. and the most dominant team in football and lost to the Jets in the divisional round. That's four, they that should have won that two, though, Why yeah, should they have won that year? I mean, they got smoked. Oh, by the way. What, and they got smoked by who? The Jets. They lost by one touchdown. They lost 28-21. All right, but that, wasn't listen. That, didn't they jump up on them early, Jets? They, they, they no, Tom Brady threw an interception and a screen but pass the that point is, they took to the house, and that was all right, well, they got cool, smoked a team by the Raiders, good enough to win. That team was good enough to win, okay? But listen, that was also a... Uh, just like Belichick not going for it or not on fourth down or on in the fourth quarter in, when they finally crossed midfield that year, what was that? The drive to nowhere. They took ten minutes off the clock running the ball because they couldn't move the ball. They maybe just weren't good enough. 
You know, they look if you don't yeah, make it to the I, championship. I, game. No, my point is these teams were good enough and they didn't do it. That's the amazing thing is as is as successful as they've been. They left a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah, they right. They left a lot of meat on the bone. They, it's, That's it. It can go, like it can said, go like both ways. Like you said, this is a hard league to win in, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, real quick. Switching gears here. Hold on. Um, Before you switch gears, yep. tell me about that Castle Island. It's, uh, which one? The candle pin? Candle pin. Candle pin or the American lager? I, mean, I, I drank both of them, and I enjoy both of them. Uh, Keep Ryan, on. do you want to say I something th- about candle pin? I think I'm... Uh, Go ahead, hey, Ryan. Go oh, ahead. He hey, oh, he's drinking. Move him oh. to words. Hey, I put a uh, mic up for let, let him say. What, what are you drinking over there, Ryan? I have the the candle pin, the American Pale Ale. I American. Think it's p- all right, it's there we go. See, I'm very with Kerry. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Keeper. Yeah. I got my candle pin now, but Keeper, I think, is my favorite. Plus, yeah. I live in Norwood. But the nice thing about candle it's always pin, on tap everywhere. The nice thing it is on tap all over Norwood. Uh, the great thing about candle pin is it's session, so we can drink it. We could we could do like ten podcasts on it. True. You know, just <laughs> keep crushing. We just might. Were you? How was it? If they don't yeah, kill yeah, us yeah. as a sponsor after this one, then they never will. Very nice. That's what I'm the saying. Is like the four, very good. The barrel aged three is great. The awesome. Four is very nice. So and that, is that? Oh, that's probably only there. We brewery exclusive. So we're gonna have to go down to Norwood. Are you gonna have any Castle Island at the James Beard House? Uh, I don't. You know what's funny? The James Beard House does not like. They are not cool with beer. It's weird. I actually I asked them about like, well, what if we make this thing a beer dinner? Um. Because we're going to be there on March second uh, as Simcha, but um, Simcha, where we are, by the way, they would yeah, definitely, they would definitely allow. Sharon, Massachusetts. No, it's not they won't allow it. It's that they're like, no, listen, these people want wine, like serve them wine. I get it. Hey, okay, you know, we're going to be uh, we're going to be rubbing shoulders with the elite. Carrie, they don't want to drink. I mean, maybe I don't know. We could talk about Castle. Maybe they want to talk about Castle Island. Well, you know what's funny? We're saying us we beer for we the never elite. even introduced ourselves. Chef Avi Shemtov, Carrie J. Byrne. True. Yeah, if only we had a producer that, like, when I asked, hey, how should we start this thing? Um, okay, switching gears real quick. Uh, so you, you probably saw, hopefully, uh, Carrie at least, and maybe Corey, uh, who I probably sent it to 10 times. Simcha, my, my new restaurant, was called the 13th best new restaurant in Boston by Boston Magazine. Uh, we're not in Boston. We're like 25 minutes south of Boston. So we appreciated the heck out of that. But I wanted to ask. There's a, there's a uh, train here, too. You can take the commuter rail down to Sharon. True, but it's like... They By the way, you, you weren't... You were, the they just well, number them. You no weren't the 13th best restaurant. You were one of the top 15. So okay, you might I have, been, you might have been number one. Yeah, I wondered about you, that. They, they just didn't they clarify They that. don't rank them. They just, they just list them. Okay, but there was like... So. They don't number. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I what I want to ask you... I just brought that up to, to, to transition. It wasn't just for the shameless plug. They're like, fuck you, then. Fuck you. We'll leave you off that list. This whole show is about shameless plug. Sure, but Carrie, so as a former... Current? Former? Boston food writer. Yep. I want to ask you... Do you think food writing in general, but in particular in the city of Boston, is still like a is that a thing? Is that a thing that we should be as consumers paying uh, attention to? The, and as restaurateurs and chefs, is that something we should be aspiring to? Like at the end of the day, should we be looking at our Yelp page? Should we be looking at our at our sales reports? Should we be do, do we do we still care what food writers say? Yeah, I mean we do. So here's the thing. I mean, so I'm gonna sound like an old man talking about this. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I turned fifty very soon. I've been writing for. Since the early 90s. And okay. there was a time where... Since Mariah Carey you, since was Mariah someone Carey that you should be proud was of marrying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was. Uh, there was a time where you, how you wrote about a restaurant Dream is you went it. out you yeah. went out to the restaurant, you tried it, you met the show. Oh, the brewer, I covered all these breweries. Yeah. Did you, you try out, it one time? You just did this one time? For a, for a feature story, I would at least go there once because uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't a critic. Okay. The critic would go three or four times. I just right. went, hey, 
Avi Shemtov opened a new restaurant. It's really cool. Check this out. This is who he is. This is what he does. This is where sure. he's from. This is what influences food. And this is what you should try. Yep. And it's really cool. And, and, and it's different. And you're always looking for something new or different. You know? And that's what a story is. Right, right, right. News is new or different. That's what news is. Sure. Okay? And nowadays, because of the internet and it, because of the pressures, the reporters have different pressures. I was given the time to go out and write stories, feed profiles. Okay? okay. Now it's like, what are the 10 best burgers in Boston today? What are the you know what are the what are the top ten IPAs in New England right now and mm-hmm. and it's just no one's really Keeper, writing no one's really writing their <laughs> listing and it's just a different way of c- communicating information uh, so I, food writing is just different I don't want to say it's better or worse it's just different I do I want to say but, it's worse and I want to make that point because here's the thing right and well I, it's and not they don't they don't they don't write like we do they just listing stuff. well they just they don't write stuff. I mean that's the problem that's, that's, they just that's don't the write. SEO marketing world right there. But list, what list, you list, want list, as list. a so now I was thinking about this the other day. Social media is media in this day and age, and you and I work on all this stuff, right? Sure. And where you're looking for that hit because more people are going to see it on social media than listen. I was at the Boston Herald when if I wrote about your restaurant, you were busy for two months, right? And then I was at the Boston Herald at the end. You wrote about my food truck actually. Yeah. that's how we met. Well, at and, the uh, end, if I wrote about your that. restaurant in the Herald, it didn't. I hate to say it, it didn't really matter. The Herald used to drive. Business and the goal is to drive business, and they don't anymore. It's all about that social media traffic. But what the mainstream media does, it c- provides some sort of mainstream media. The food blogs, the eaters, Boston, Maine, you know, these guys are all hustling, working hard. But what what they provide is you have. Are they hustling and are they working hard? I'm, I'm, I'm uh, asking that question. I, I just think they do the. I think. Let's put it this way: I would cover one or two stories a week, and they cover like twenty. But, but, but we would again, spend more time in that one or two stories. So yeah. Corey, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how much you want to add to this, but I know Ryan, like, uh, I don't know if you want to pick that mic up or not. Like, do you, as somebody who has cooked professionally, as somebody who's into the, into the restaurant scene, in particular in the Boston restaurant scene, very knowledgeable, knows who's doing what, do you look at the people that write now? And do you think, like, is that who you're looking to for your information? Where do you get, where are you getting current food information from? I think I'm really skeptical. Talk into that mic. Talk into it. Can you hear me? Yeah, there okay. you go. I think I'm, very skeptical of everything I read sure. now on the internet. Sure, um, sure, sure. So I feel like it's all a PR game. Like as a consumer, it feels like 100%. it's all a PR game, right? And so it's like, oh, this guy, this place got to write up because they know the right person or they. I mean, that's how it was when I cooked, right? Yep. You give people free drinks, and then two weeks later, you had something in Boston Magazine. Sure. Um, but I think the food that I look for now is the the food that I want to eat that I can't cook at home. And that's that's like what drives it for me. So I look out look for those kind of restaurants that are doing something different. Are there foods you can't cook at home? I mean I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, like, I mean I have two kids. Like there's you know, it's like how much time do I have to devote right, to Right. So right? so the stuff that you don't want the stuff that like that isn't worth cooking at home. Right. Like okay. I, I will different. never go out for a steak. Okay. Right? Like the steakhouse life is not for me. Okay. I'm like that, that with lobster. I would never order lobster right. in a restaurant. Yeah. I, same, I grew up in a lobstering exactly. neighborhood. Yeah. My neighbors were lobstermen, and I would never. All right. Let me talk for John Q. Sandwich. Public over here. here. Here's what I think might matter to the general public, right? Okay. Number of reviews, right? So it's like, oh, a, a couple people say it's good, right? Yep. But if a lot of people say it's good, then right, it's but, good. But are you talking about, so, so here's the point that I'm, I'm talking about anything. So, but, uh, right. No, but I'm saying, but are you talking about like number of reviewers on like Google and Yelp? Or exactly. Talk, okay. Exactly. I think that you know there might be in the Herald or the Globe or whatever sure. that might provide some credibility for the the foodies of the world, right? But, but, but it doesn't. I'm not it, sure it, did, it does but anymore. It does, it does, and, it does, that's my point. And I think yeah. what I'm trying to say to Ryan, like, so what? Because I, I, I hear you about the like 
the way it used to be, like a couple drinks, and then you get a re- you know review in Boston Mag yeah. or whatever. But here's the thing: I think nowadays, like, I'll say, I'll say, I'll give credit to the writers now. I think that the writers now are so are trying so hard to combat that that like that's not how it works at all. And actually, if you even just say like hi to them, it's like it's like you've impinged on their integrity, right? But the but the the drawback from that is, Carrie, to your point, like you guys would write two articles a week, okay? But you'd write those articles. Like, you were journalists. We would go there would and go research out, like, it. And that try, was yeah, a yeah. first-person accounting. Now, okay, they're writing 20 articles a week, but those aren't real. They're reviewing, if you will, restaurants they've never been to, never even heard of maybe except for on the internet. Like, they don't know. They weren't, like, in the street, like... I mean, that's a goofy way to put it, but you know what I mean? Like, they weren't, like, out in public and they heard, like, oh, my God, Chickadee is putting out great food these days. No, they were more like, have you heard Chickadee? Yeah, I've heard Chickadee. Oh, wow. Oh, did you see what this writer was writing on their Facebook? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, did you see that Boston Globe wrote about Chickadee? Yeah, so then we should all write about Chickadee. And then, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've been the – I've been the – I've benefited from and lost out on national lists where I knew in both cases the writer didn't even know really who I was. All right, two two things to that, okay? It in the the public drives media. That's really what happens. And the public doesn't want to read a 750 word article about Simca. They That's want fine. they want to see a list of the top 10 whatever, a top 20 this. And the public is driving the way we consume. The public consumes wants to consume media in a certain way. Sure. So media provides it a certain way because that's what's getting attention and clicks. Okay. So they they're they catering to their public. That's their job to cater to the public and provide them the information they want. Sure. Uh, with that said, a lot of it is, and I'm gonna, again, it sounds like an old man, it's generational. You, you, like millennials think they're so much more sophisticated than previous generations. They're not. They're way oh, less, they're way less sophisticated. Are. No, we, we are. Way, way less sophisticated. Do you know we're millennials? We are. Are you a millennial? At the very know. beginning of millennial, yeah. Uh, they are so less sophisticated does think because what they, do is, what they do is, they don't form their own opinions. Oh, Thriller said that Simca is the best hummus in the world? All of a sudden, you know, it does actually. It Thrillers does. didn't it does. say that. Thrillers didn't say that, but it does. <laughs> but, but, Honestly, but I was going to say Chubby Chickpea does. But, but, but hard disagree. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but no, but you know, like they say, oh, someone, so people go on their phone. Oh, Thrillers said this is the best. I want a burger. I'm in New York City. Oh, I have to go there. And then there's a line out the door. They are so, so, so much, so much slaves to this internet media that they spew out. They're less sophisticated. They don't go and make their own decisions. Well, Thrillers said it, or whoever said it, if you no, said right. it, it must be right. And that, and these people haven't been there. When Thrillers puts out a list, and I think Thrillers was great. I like that content. Okay. But when they put out a list saying the top 40 hamburgers in America right now, they don't fucking know. They, they don't know. It's, so it's they, even they worse when even, it's local and they don't fucking know. Yeah. So it's like, go, hey, have you ever been to Wendell's? You've never been to Wendell's? Wow. We need to correct this. Have you been to Wendell's? I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, we're going to have to go to Wendell's, all of us, at some point very soon. So Carrie, Carrie talks about Wendell's all the time. But Carrie, like, goes there and, like, eats those wings. So when Carrie says, like, oh, Wendell's are the best wings that you're ever going to have, oh, I you also might catch him there, like, saying. on a Tuesday afternoon just eating wings by himself, right? These writers write, like, Blah, blah, blah is the best new, like, tapas-style Indian uh, noodle bar fusion. And then they, they, they've never been there. They don't love it. They don't, they're on to the next one. You almost feel like sometimes, like, food writers Google. It's almost like Google is their friend, bruh. They just sit there, and they're like, what is everyone else writing about? What is everybody else writing about? And then the problem is, and this is something that annoys me personally because – I just feel slightly. Oh, uh, you know what it. I feel right here? This is What's like that? this is where this uh, podcast got its name from. Heat in the kitchen. I feel like something's about to, something fire is about to happen, Perfect. Avi. What? What? I don't Come think on, fire is about to you, happen. But personally, the thing that pisses up. me off is that then, like, here's the weird part about, 
here's the weird part about nowadays with social media being what it is, right? Is that like we all swim in the same water and it doesn't matter if you're... So here's a, an example that people that aren't in the food industry or anything, like just in life can understand is nowadays, like you, you are social media friends with the people that you work with, right? So then when you bitch on social media about your work environment, it's like you're bitching about the people who also are reading this. So then you go and you apply it to what I'm talking about with food writers. These people, like, they want to know you. You want to know them. So you become Facebook friends. So now you're seeing two sides of their life. Like, you get to see two sides of my life, but I really am who I say I am. I get to see two sides of your life. So you're like, hey, we can't review. We can't be out at 100 restaurants a week or whatever, right? Except that every time I look at you, you're writing that you're at blah, 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 shit dive bar eating fucking crappy hamburgers and then you write like this was a great hamburger so then write that if you love that shit dive bar in your neighborhood and it's actually a great burger write an article about the fact that's a great burger like imagine being the dive bar owner right you can't get these yuppies and hippies and hipsters to walk into your fucking place and there's a food writer eating there three times a week and he doesn't write about you because you're not cool enough meanwhile he's not actually eating at the place that he does write is the dope spot that's stupid that is stupid. I've, I've developed after years of eating at the best restaurants all over, like literally Paris, London, New York, Boston. I have a newfound appreciation for the dive bar. Like my so favorite I love place dive now, bars. And by the way, bar. listen, I'll shit on you if I disagree with you. Like this isn't, I'm not trying to placate you on this, but you're different because you write about those places. You do. So what I'm saying is you stay true to what I'm talking about. Like you write about Wendell's. So like Wendell's gets like this huge Boston foodie crowd to drive all the way out to Norton because you go like, hey, this is the best meal, and I'm going to write about that, even if I'm supposed to be reviewing Coombs next week. These By other the way, writers... Coombs loves Wendell's, too. <laughs> I know. That, that, that's why I picked his name, was because my point is that, like, you're going to write about, like, his, his, like, top flight... I think they were just ranked top 100 in America, actually, Steakhouse. Like, top flight Steakhouse, and then you also take him out to Wendell's, and then he loves it, and then you write about Wendell's. These other food writers, like, they're going to eat at their version of Wendell's. Three times a week, they're going to give him no press. And then they're going to give press to some place that they don't even eat at. Yeah, that's corny. Yeah, that's it's really just, corny. It's just the pressures of the industry are different. Food writing, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I, it just, uh, I just don't want to do a listicle of, where, you know, these are the top twenty. This top. 10 I this, do. Top I'm 12. just going to Google the shit out of them, and then I'll be like, hey, can we talk about the top thirty what? Korean style? Barbecue, but but what fascinates me places? is what what I think a journalist's job is, and what fascinates me is I would. They're not up, journalists. Don't call them journalists. I'm, please. Tell, I'm, I'm okay. telling you what a journalist's small job J. is. Small J, small J, yes. Going out and, and That's finding not is it? finding stories and what what I want to know when I walk into a restaurant is what makes them tick. What's their background? Why are they cooking the food they're cooking? Sure. What are their techniques? Why is your, for the sake of argument, uh, you, you know, your like your hummus different than someone else's hummus? Like you have a, you in Simca yeah, here. Yeah. This isn't a commercial for Simca, but you ha you do hummus with like uh, bumblebee beans, sure, right? And there's a reason why because chickpeas don't grow in New England, so right, you want right. to do modern Israeli food, but with local ingredients. So right. you had to come up. That's that's different. That's a story. Well, it's a cool story, but, but I didn't read about Anita. But it could be. It could be. Read about Anita. It could be. Uh, I think you did. No, I didn't. They didn't, didn't write about that. They didn't. They should <laughs> anyway, have. Anyway, my don't... point is that could be anyone's restaurant. The guy with the little pizza joint down the corner, sure. he has a story. Every one of the story. You, the, the job to me when I did it was to go out and find what that story is. Everyone, you know what I meet people and I say to them, what's your story? And people laugh at me for it. No, because you have a story. Ryan has a story. Corey has a story. You have a story. I have a story. Uh, the I'm a stripper on Bourbon Street. That's my but story. But everyone has in fairness, a story. You're in a strip club at Bourbon Street. There is a... The, when I... There's a fa I forget who the uh, the uh, reporter was when John F. Kennedy was killed. Sure. Everyone, Walter Cronkite. 
Everyone, no, no, it was like <laughs> it was a famous columnist, like Mike Royko or somebody you just from Chicago. Everybody, everybody be quiet for like a minute. Hold on. Do we have to like, there's a, do we have to like allow like a certain amount of Hold time? Hold on. To pass? But this is a, a, a thing in journalism that sure. used to be in journalism. I don't know if it still exists, but everyone went and covered the uh, the motorcade and all that JFK. And, and whoever this, I forget who the journalist was, so I'm sorry, but he went out and interviewed the grave digger digging the grave at Arlington National Cemetery. Damn. It's called the Gravedigger Theory of History. Instead of talking to what you know, what you know, what Lyndon Johnson thought about, you know, Vice President President Johnson thought sure. about it, he went out and find the guy digging the grave to put in JFK's body. So I, listen, that I to me, that you know what I mean. That's, that's well, I listen. I dig yeah. the everyman aspect of Jimmy that, Breslin, but it's also weird. Was it Jimmy like Breslin? Digger, yeah, I, I know. No idea. Yeah. yeah, like what's the gravedigger going to say? Like. Right, exactly. He's no, like, no, but he had an opinion on see, the president. That's actually, he right, had a, it's like it's the same size hole. No, like, he, he had an opinion on the president. He had an opinion on what it means to him. He had an opinion on his impact on the country. And his opinion was no less valid than I the opinion of the I can't wait until the backhoe mm. is invented. So that, this that, metaphor, I have to, I'm not that, just trying to just. I'm just telling you, but okay. that's what journalism is. It's finding the story nobody else knows. And that's, that's to me, what, uh, what people try to do more. And now they, don't, now they don't care. They don't care about the gravedigger. They just care about what the celebrity chef. Uh, posted on his Instagram, or don't care or about what he posted on his Instagram, and that's my point. If I post something on Instagram, I want it written about. That's all I'm saying. All right, that sounds like a good time for a break, so I can uh, make sure this sticks before it like crashes. On. All right, cool. This is heat in the kitchen. Here we are with Ryan Keel. Ryan, uh, Ryan's been here for the entire podcast. Are we playing now? Are we going to play? Are we good? Are we good to talk? Well, you're going to talk regardless if I'm playing, aren't 100%. You? I just want to know if it's being recorded. Go. All right. So, because uh, I don't want to say any more of that pro-Nazi shit. Oh, I mean, uh, so anyway, so here's, so we finally got Ryan Keel to grab a microphone. He's been here the whole time. His opinions have been part of it. It's just uh, in spirit. I'm an influencer. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, I, you want to be an influencer? Is that really, is that? <laughs> it's eyebrow raising. Can I tell you, one of the, like, one oh, of the many things like I respect that? about you is that, like, you actually probably could be one of the, like, I, let's put it this way. I know some influencers that are less influential than you. But at least you don't pursue that. That's not a cool pursuit, man. It's not. No, it's not a calling. You got to put that microphone closer to your face. Yeah, what do you mean, though? Why is it not cool? Can I tell you why? Someone's because someone's going to pay you to do stupid shit on Instagram. So yeah. have you ever heard? No, no. Listen, I'm not saying. Okay, one of my one of my best friends. Uh, you did say you like communism. All right, you know what Coco will say to me? Coco will say to me. Coco will say to me. Like, he'll be like, it's cool when you do it. But before you do it, everyone's a fucking loser for doing it. And I'll be like, uh, yeah, that's actually how life works. Yes, yes. Now I'm wearing pink. Pink's cool now. When you wore it, you were a bitch. Um, and that is different. I get it. I can't hear myself anymore. Really? Yeah. Something changed. But yeah, something I, major changed. Yeah, no, I turned, I turned the phones down. Okay. It was blasting. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so, well, it works better when I can hear myself. You're pretty loud. Just the phones. Intentionally. <laughs> Intentionally, I'm very loud. Um, one of my point heard. But anyway, so, so influencers, like, yeah, listen, if somebody wants to pay me a lot of money to share my opinions... Um, I'll be an influencer. I want to be clear. I will do that. But no, it's the path to get to it is terrible. So the thing is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the profession of consultant. It's totally, like, hundred percent. Time out. Shouldn't you do before you consult? But there are people that are literally just like a twenty-three-year-old consultant, right. and that's like an influencer. Is like you've never done this. Like, why should anybody give a shit about your opinion about like? Like you're not a musician. Why do we care who's hot? Like you're not a uh, right. you're not a cook. Well, that's what, Why do that's we care what you have to say about hey, food? Hey, uh, before you guys get going, sure. I don't know if you introduced Ryan. Did you? I and did. Say, uh, all right. Did you, did you say Carrie left? No, I'm not drunk. Yeah, you're I the said one drunk. Carrie left. Yeah, I said, yeah, toss me that keeper, by the way. Uh, Castle right. Island once again. Is there a great spot? No, right to the right. Right to the right. I just 
There we go. With all this equipment over here. Good good thing I can't open that right next to my uh, recording equipment. Oh, well, no, trust me. You'll be fine. You'll be all right. Um, No, it's not going to explode. Um, Anyway, oh, yeah. So uh, heads up. Carrie had to leave. Um, So, you know, listen. By year three, he went to straight to Castle Island. Island. Yeah, exactly. Straight to Castle Island. He heard about the barrel age stuff and he said, I got to go. The barrel age three. Um, I want to be clear. By the time that like we uh, by like year three or whatever, I really think that this like podcast is gonna go smooth. But like yeah, right now like there's gonna be stupid shit like someone leaves in the middle of recording and we we just right. place it in somebody else. Like a well, younger, who says that's slightly better shit. looking. I thought you said that was better. No, I do like it better. As soon as he walked out the door, he said, "Oh, thank God." Thank God. <laughs> that's fucked up. I did not say that, Gary. Uh, I did not say. It. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, uh, now you've derailed our conversation. We were talking about influencers. Let's just talk about people Avi hates. That's literally why I'm starting the podcast. Uh, I want to be like, I feel like I'm not given. Yeah, I'm not given enough like free form to share my, like to really articulate my opinions about some people that suck. Well, it started out pretty strong. Do you like influencers? Is that, are you trying to say you like them? No. He's like Josh McDaniel, influencers. Who else do you hate? No, so I don't hate Josh McDaniels. He's just bad at what he does. There's a difference. That's not entirely true. Okay, I hate him a little bit, but he's really bad at what he does. I don't think that's true either. You think he's good at what he does? I, compared to who? Compared to other people that are qualified. So, again, he's more qualified right, We don't need me. to go back to that. We don't <laughs> relitigate it. We, we all know he's good. You're wrong on this <laughs> okay, one. Okay, so anyway, so an influencer. Influencers, yes. Carrie. Uh, Carrie's gone. Uh, Corey. Do you like influencers? Is that like your, is what you're defending them for? No, I, they're capitalists. I like capitalists. No, but there are influencers making no money. Like that's the point. You're you're that's only talking about thing. successful it's influencers. The, the people who are in pursuit of being an influencer, it it feels like a hollow existence. That right, right. So like, if you're saying I have 30 likes on my stuff and I'm going to make money off that, I need to get to 300,000 or whatever sure. to make a living. Like that journey feels vapid. So okay, are me. you are you Facebook or social media in any way friends with anyone who's an influencer? Do Where I, you might like, see, do I follow people who no, are like, not not their influencing page. Like, are you do you know anyone on a level where you'd be able to see what their real life looks like? Because I am, and that's yeah, why. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're broke, and they're like they're like the people like that write on social media. Like, I, for example, I won't name names, but I know someone in the in the city of Boston who's an influencer mm-hmm. who's employed up by a company that needs someone to influence things, and throws these parties and does this stuff right. Mm-hmm. And if you just man, if you just follow that page. Jesus, I want to give up everything I've got going on and go do that, right? But I know, like, I, then I see the page about, like, oh, my God, it's 2018, and this year's the year that I'm finally going to get myself an apartment. Like, that kind of stuff. And you're like, man, like, that doesn't seem like you really got it all going on. It just doesn't, right? And so, like, I know somebody, actually, that posted, like, that they're, they're, they've got the best life. Literally, like, the best life. And they were like, you know, I wouldn't trade my life for anybody else's life. And then they hit a good friend of mine up for money. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe they're happy with that with that money. Uh, maybe, but they wouldn't trade that with for anyone's life. What about Josh McDaniels? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he's maybe. gonna make a lot. But of for, money. hold on, oh, for I the would future, trade my for life the future of this podcast. No, not my, I want not my wife. That's family, the last time I want to hear this. What, Josh? Josh? No, no, no. He said, "I don't want to name names," and then he didn't name a name. I mean, no, that's gonna happen a lot. Like there are times, like, there are times I'll name. Well, no, here's the, the thing. Podcast, like, no, no, no. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's cool. Because here's the thing: there are plenty of times. Like, yes, what you I get know. From me. You I get 100% sincerity and real. Like, I'm not going to act like, oh, you hit play on a camera. Now I'm not me. So there are people who, like, I would need, like, if I would say it here, I would say it to them. So, like, if I'll say, like, if I'm criticizing a food writer in Boston, they've probably heard from me personally that I don't think what they do is cool. Like, I don't want anyone to hear it from me 
for the first time here. That's not that's that's corny. Are you talking about Kerry again? Damn. No, Kerry. Yeah, we can't, we the can't. thing about Kerry is that he was really good at what he did. Like real good at what he yeah. did. That, that's the thing about him. No, and by the way, Kerry doesn't care. Like Kerry, Kerry's not somebody who's like Kerry's not soft. So like if you said something about Kerry, you'd hear from Kerry. Trust me, you'd hear from Kerry. Yes, and he agrees with me that Josh McDaniels is good. He does, yeah. You guys are in the minority. And so do all the coaching vacancies right now. Which, listen, I hope... He is going to get paid somewhere else. 100%. He gets paid here. He's the highest paid offensive coordinator. Right. He's going to be a high paid head coach. Cool. So that's why I'm glad they're going to hire him. They'll also fire him, by the way. Will he last the next job? Will he last three years? New York Giants, he's the coach for the next 12 years. Yeah. Really? Yes. What are the odds? I'll give you two to one odds. Put money up on that. Ooh, is this gonna be a gambling show? Yes, one hundred percent. This just became a gambling show. <laughs> I will give you. I'll bet. I'll because that's. I'll give you two to board. one odds and bet a hundred dollars. All right, twelve years from now, I will absolutely go back to episode one <laughs> and be like, "Hey, remember that time? Yeah, when me. we're both homeless." <laughs> the podcast I'll be like, you know so what though? Poorly. I will be a huge social media influencer by then, though. I'll be homeless. Yeah. You're not even really on social media, so. Well, I am now. He in the kitchen on on uh, Twitter. Yes, you got to start that Instagram going. Yep. I I I have are my own Twitter. Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Corio three nine. I'm on Twitter. Twitter? So I, I'll start tweeting now that I have a podcast that I have to promote. Well, if you have an account, you at least can you follow us? We yes, have three followers follow. so now far. Three. Two of my accounts and one of Corey's. They're up yeah, three hundred percent since this morning. That's huge. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. To the moon. Right. So uh, yes, I guess I will have to start putting myself out there on social media more. See, see, I don't like giving my opinions unless I have close friends, but I can't be on a podcast and, so first and bitch we'll get out, you right? close friends, and then we'll get your opinions out there. All yeah, right. Yeah, process. if Ryan wasn't here, I'd be all about this. See, and we weren't recording, I'd be like, yeah, if it was no, off the fuck record, all these people. Yeah. See, I believe that, but like, here's the thing. Like, I'm no celebrity by a long shot, but I do have like, but I do live out loud. So like I have to be careful. Like, what do you have to be careful about? What do you think someone's That's... gonna like? You think someone's gonna like come confront you? About your I have people that come to my restaurant to talk to me about things that I post on a town Facebook page. Like that really happens. Yeah. No, um, generally, people that agree with me, thank God. But every once in a blue moon, one time one of my staff was like, I walked in the building, service was about to start, and they just walked up to me like this like high school kid hostess, and she's like, um, somebody called and they asked if you were here, and I said you were gonna be here for service. She said, okay, I'll show up and speak to him then. I said, what did you say? She said, okay. I was like, no, like that sounds like someone that's going to kill me. Yeah, right. No, exactly. <laughs> then the person actually like, it turns out they, they showed up and they wanted to like introduce themselves. They were nice. And I said, once we were cool, like, we had, we had a nice little chat about what they want to talk about. I said, could you just, just to be clear, you sound like a serial killer the way you called. Like that's a weird thing to do. But you, you run that risk when you publicly say stuff and people know where you are six nights a week. Sure. That's right? a good point. Yeah. Well, so what you're saying is I should start being more unpredictable <laughs> at the restaurant. <laughs> I just like in the out, quote in of, obviously the Donald a, Trump of Simca. Just <laughs> what do you? No one knows. I just like I'm not a celebrity, but I live my life out loud. I think you don't think that's true? I know. I think you should put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> All right. That sounds <laughs> like really yo. Put it right next to on the back of that one that says local celebrity. So here's the funny thing. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the T-shirt. I'm glad you brought up the T-shirt because I was about to say. So I have a T-shirt that says local celebrity that I bought when I was 21, right before that Haitian Flag Day festival that I was invited. Oh, to yeah. So when I in my when early you 20s, that one, I was invited to perform. He learned one Haitian, Haitian Flag Day. True story. True story. He, he learned one phrase, and okay. it turned out it didn't even mean what he thought it meant. Yeah, that was actually that's hilarious. Also, <laughs> I so one someone I know, like I used to record in the studio, and it was all Haitian dudes, mm-hmm. and Avi, and like when you're the best, then everyone's cool with you. So like it became like like my hangout spot, but I was the only non-Haitian dude. So that some, somebody taught me that the phrase like "sa passe ma boule," and I thought that was like that meant "what's up." 
So whenever we'd be like drinking and we'd be out in the city of Boston, we'd get in a cab. Someone has a Haitian accent. I always said, where are you from? And they would say, oh, I'm from Haiti. And I would say, ah, ça passe, ma boule. Then years later, if I had only Uber existed, we wouldn't have years later. I had years <laughs> later. I had a, an employee that worked for me happens to be Haitian. So I'm like talking to him. And I said, like, oh, yeah, I only know like one thing in Haitian Creole. Uh, ça passe, ma boule. And he's like, ah, ça passe. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what? I'm like. Well, you only said like half of it. And he's like, oh, dude, that means what's up. And then Mapboule means like nothing. And I realized for years what's I was up, saying nothing? what's <laughs> up, nothing to cab drivers. <laughs> These dudes are like, who is this corny dude who's like, I know Haitian. What's up, man? Nothing. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's a real life story. He's a man of the people. <laughs> but anyway, so when I had to do this Haitian Flag Day show, like uh, no one knows who I am. So I, I buy this T-shirt at like this hood this T-shirt store. As a rapper? Yeah. Okay. So I, I buy I buy this T-shirt at this like hood T-shirt store that was just like a green T-shirt and in like yellow lettering it says local celebrity. <laughs> and I love the T-shirt. I love it. So I still have it. Th- and one day I'm like wearing it and, and I realized I'm like, I wonder if I've kind of like now achieved a status to where that's like almost accurate enough to be corny to where you're like, this dude's like acknowledging that people know who he is. So now it's awkward to wear it, but I still do it sometimes. So now it needs to <laughs> evolve to living out loud. That, I think, dude, I think that's the, the t-shirt should say I'm not a celebrity, but I live out loud. It's yeah. not bad. You don't like it. You, you're. I feel like there's a little bit of patronizing, patronizing going on with the living out loud thing. No, I, I mean I think it's accurate. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is you accurate. very much live more out loud than many people. That's true. Well, yeah. just, all right. Yeah. The only reason. So Avi's been trying to get me to do this podcast since like 2005. Before I think he invented it, and I just said no until 2020. Yeah, because I told you. I said, listen. It started as I hate. I, like Boston Sports Radio, I was like, they don't know this shit, and these are our real conversations. So I was like, we need to just do our own show where like we talk about these things because like it's like we like there are things like even this morning, like someone on Sports Radio is like, well, the Patriots don't even know what they're doing. They should have drafted a quarterback. Like, they did draft a quarterback. Like that is a thing they did. So, but you can't get through. Like you try to call and correct them. Good luck with that. No, it, I mean, it doesn't like mean, Joe in his mom's basement but is calling. The truth is, but the, you've called into sports. Radio. Yes, that has happened. <laughs> yes, yes. More, probably more than most people that I know. I've only so I've only well I don't know that's, who you know, but twice. Yeah, yeah in so my that's life. More. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But less than some people do in a week, Ryan. Right, but that's like John in Attleboro who like sits around and calls into Toucher and Ritz all day or whatever. The truth. The yeah. truth is, the only reason I did this podcast is because Avi is opinionated <laughs> and he is going to give it out loud. Sometimes only in names, but. I wasn't going to do this unless he was going to give some sort of opinions because he's very opinionated. Yeah, I'm not know. afraid to give opinions. So back to the whole Two people. food writer uh, thing. Like, Kerry, Kerry's like, like, that's his circle. So he won't say that. Like, that's not something he's comfortable with. And I get that. Like, I don't want to put him in a spot. And by the way, just to be clear, in private conversations, he won't do that either. Like, he's not, he doesn't rip people like that. Right. Me, I'm a restaurateur. Those people piss me off. And not all of them. Some of them are great. And by the way, some of them that don't love me or love what I do are great. Like, I'll tip the cap when, like, when you're honest about stuff. It's just that, yeah, like... legit criticisms hold... are legit criticisms. Right. So when you're in the media, when you're in, like, the, like the food media, you Very should honest. hold yourself accountable for whether or not someone else... Like, if you call a place the, the best and then they fail that year, that should be a black mark on you. So, like, that, like that's a thing. That should be. You should... And, and by the way, if you say something's great, if you say something's great and then, like, you go out and... Uh, 
like, okay, you're like, oh, this is like the best restaurant. And then people go out and they're like, this is trash. You should be held accountable for that. Definitely. Right. But, so, so that's all I'm trying to say. Like, is that something that I believe in? And, uh, you know, I guess, but see, I, when it comes to influencers or like we were talking about with Kerry, I think the masses, I, I believe the masses more than I believe one person, right? So if a lot of people on Yelp or Google or whatever say, oh, you should try this, have the pizza, blah, 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 and the nine out of 10 are good, right? I'm going to trust that way more than I'm going to trust some article that did a review of a restaurant. And hey, maybe they had a good meal and they had good service that time. But, you know, if nine out of 10 people on Google have good service and good food, then I trust that more. And by the way, a restaurant yeah. reviewer is going to get better service. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but you don't, you don't, you might, yeah. yeah, but listen, what if they're anonymous, though? I don't know. Every restaurant that I worked happen? in, we had pictures of people. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that right? Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. yeah, people know who people are. No shit. Of course they yeah, do. Yeah, we had pictures so, of oh, every this, single person. This is, who, we're really pulling back the curtain now. Yeah, See, yeah. I, I wouldn't think that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gone are, so that's the thing is gone are the days. So I always say like what I do. I mean, for, I guess like, you would know them on social media or whatever. Yeah. And listen, gone are the days. Like I, I think people in, in the food industry acknowledge that that's an ego-driven like, like you're cooking for an eat because of an ego. Well, so is food writing. Like, let's keep it real. Like, you didn't, you're not, you don't think you're making the world a better place. Like, you did this because you want people to know who you are. So, mm-hmm. so like, with very rare exception, I mean, think about it. The Phantom Gourmet, right, who was very good to my restaurant. So, like, I'm not trying to rip them for this, but the Phantom Gourmet is the Phantom Gourmet, except that, like, they're, they're on the show. Like, the, you know who the brothers are. Like, you know who they are. Yeah, right. So, the thing to me is, like, of course you know who these people are. And, you're crazy if you think that, like, every restaurant isn't, like, alerting their staff. I mean, even, like, Michelin, like, have you seen the movie Burnt? Mm-hmm. That's a great movie, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. that might be the most accurate to what that level of restaurant operates at. Kind of, like, Yeah, I mean, the, everyone's in tune with that. Right. right. And that's the highest priority thing for the restaurants, to catch those people when they walk in oh, the door. Oh, of course. Like, right. Like, at the end of the day, like, and by the way, that's the weird thing about Yelp is, like, thank God it's not like this right now, per se. Three four years ago, it was like you you took cues and you reported back to the kitchen immediately if someone was someone who's like social media, hard, yeah. like they go hard because like you just don't screw up their meal like because now you don't want to screw up anybody's meal, but man like you just you wouldn't you don't screw up someone's meal when you're like oh that's the food reviewer, uh, right. but you know critics they don't exist anymore that's not a thing, like that's just not a thing. Well, they do, but like if. Devra first walks into a restaurant, you know that it's her walking into 100%. a restaurant, right? And so it's a different thing. I like to read, like, the three-star reviews. That's what I do when I look at places. Wait, like, like the Globes three-star reviews? No, no, no. Like, those the, are, like, so I'm, their rating system no, that's is three-star. I'd be like, I'm like, like Yelp rating, or whatever, you right? You throw out a great rating, you throw out a shit rating and see what the Yeah, the see what the real thing said. is. Like, okay, this was good, this was okay. This, you know, the kid was inexperienced, but the food was good. Like, see, I'll, all right. I'll go to that restaurant I'll tell you, 100 times. Obviously, I'm not in the industry. The thing, and I never look at reviews, you know, I don't really care. But if I did see a review or whatever, I would care zero percent about someone gives a bad review because they had bad service, right? To me, it's only about food. Maybe they just had. Maybe the service is bad, and maybe it will be bad for me. But I have to believe that the service will be fine, and if the food's good, uh, that's okay with me. I don't okay. know. I have a thing about service. I, I think oh, it, it, see, total, I like well, it totally depends on the type of restaurant, right? There's certain restaurants where there's an expectation of service and it needs to be a certain level of oh, service of course. or else it's really like yeah. frustrating. Right. right? And, it, and there's other places where you're not going there for the service. You're going there to eat the food and get out of, get out of the way and make room for the experts to go in there too. Right. So it depends. Like there are, 
I think the the most egregious thing is probably the pretentious service thing. Like that's the most infuriating. The, the wall thing. that it, is every, right where it's like you're gracing, they're gracing you with their presence. Right, to, right, right. To bring like you they don't the work family. there. Right, right, exactly. But, that's so, the thing that kills me. So I think yeah, and, and to your point though, I think it depends on the place, right? So like, yeah. so like, we used to we used to like do like two hundred person plated service weddings. And we decided to change it, like to not take those things on anymore because you didn't want it. Like, what goes into those logistics is a certain skill set, and it it's just stressful. Like, even if you if you're capable of doing it, if that's not what you do every day, and that's not your skill set, it's not it's not fun anymore. So, like, I always tell clients, I'm like, listen, you hire us for like a cool event, like we're gonna do funky stuff, we're gonna do it all scratch, like they have, but don't hire us for like that white table of like white linen, you know, tablecloth event. So we want to do. I feel like the same thing about restaurants, right? Like, if you go to a place that's like, okay, like, this is, like, fine dining, and I'm here to have a certain experience, then, like, the smallest flaws in service are huge. Because it's like, that's what I'm paying for. Like, that's what I want that night. And the food, while the quality needs to be done, like, an issue on quality is massive. But an issue on, like, coolness or interesting, like, you don't have to, you know, I don't, again, I'm not, I, I'm not not naming names because I'm afraid. It's just like I don't want. I don't. I don't know who I'm talking about necessarily. But like, let me. Okay, I'll give you an example. You ever been to Moo? Yeah. Okay. If I go to Moo, if I go to Moo, and like the quality of steak I have is less than like awesome, I'm gonna be really pissed. But I don't right. go there because like I think that I'm gonna have. I'm never a critique I would make would never be like, oh well, there's just no interesting side. No, like I went there for like a steak. And like yeah. macaroni and cheese and, and, and like good mashed potatoes. Okay, cool, right? Now, if the service isn't dope, I'm gonna be pissed. Like here's a, here's a funny story. I took um, a couple years ago, we had like a nice little run and, um, and some people had like worked real hard. So I took, I took my guy, Kyle, out to dinner and his like serious girlfriend at the time with me and my wife. So we went to uh, Del Frisco's in the seaport. And, like, we go there, and, like, you know, you're going to drop, like, I'm going to spend, like, $500 on the, the four of us eating dinner. Maybe a little more. Maybe it was, like, 600 bucks. It's a big. What's up? Big flex. But is it even that big? Like, at that point, like, it's. Well, drinks alone are 100 <laughs> Oh, well, easily, right? So, <laughs> so either way. You can't spend that much money on food. It's all alcohol. Right? Yeah, except that like steaks there like can be like yeah, 40, 70, 70 50, 60. Steak. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then you get a couple sides. And it, you know what I mean? So like sure. point is, so like whatever. We you go there for money. dinner. I'm dropping the mic? No. Oh, you're dropping no money. Yeah, yeah. So we well, keep pointing at the mic. So um, well, so I go there. Okay, sorry. So I go there and we, uh, we have this meal. And like Kyle's girlfriend, who he's no longer with and I don't care about offending. He doesn't care about me offending. Uh, like, oh, see, has hey, no that, this is hey, when you named Adam, names. He yeah. named a name. <laughs> Has no I just idea. called him Adam Ryan. Has no idea at all, like, what the, like this isn't her thing. Like, good food right. isn't her thing, right? So she she orders a steak, and she it's like I think she ordered like the petite fillet, and then she orders it well done, oh. and then she asks the waiter for ketchup. So the waiter kind of like he smirks, which I mean I think we smirk. So it was whatever. I'm fine with that. part. Didn't Kerry just tell a story about Trump doing? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so. And that was funny. It was funny that, like, the ketchup, whatever. But I turned to him because we'd ordered onion rings. And they had come, and they were, like, too gre- Like, they were just too greasy. Like, they were kind of, like, almost gross too greasy. Yeah. So I said to the dude, I was like, honestly, I just, like, laughed. And I said, if you could bring ketchup, like, we'll use them for the onion rings anyway. He's like, cool. He's like, no problem. Never brings the ketchup for the entire meal. So, like, I'm bullshit about that. 
Whereas, like, if I go to, like, a dive bar and they don't bring the ketchup, I just get up and walk to the bar. Like, it's whatever. I don't care. But, like, I'm spending money here. Yes, if you're at a place well, yeah, like that. Like you laughed at us norm. and they never brought yeah. it. You yeah, laughed yeah, yeah. and they never brought it. Now it's, like, that's a problem. Like, that's shitty service. So I think it depends. I Correct. think it depends on what kind of place you go to. Well, if you go to, like, the new upcoming chef's place and the food's mind-blowing and the service is eh, I don't think you – I think you almost disregard it. But if you go to, like, a place that's, like, you're expecting a certain kind of service and it's not great, I, I think I, you don't disregard well, it. Well, I agree with that. And I think – so, like, if I came in uh, Simca, right, and there was a review that said, oh, bad service. Now, I have to believe that either I'm not going to get that server or that problem's been corrected by the time I've, I go to the restaurant or whatever. But if you're going to Del Frisco's, these are people that stay at the Four Seasons, right? They're, they're expecting good service. And it, for the most part, I would think places like that are going to have good service. So it is very important at a high-end place like that, of course. Right. I agree with that. And by the way, here's the thing about, like, so my dad always told me, my dad owned restaurants my, like my whole life, and he always told me, he said, I've never trust American people. They'll tell you everything's great, and then they'll just never come back. And now with like reviews, yeah. it's like don't always assume that just because they wrote that shit on Yelp that it was correct at the restaurant, because they might not have said it. And so like you got to trust that place is like reading their stuff, and that when I see that review, that I even know who you're talking about. Like, you know, I'm pretty good at what we check our reviews like daily. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always taught like my staff is like, Read our reviews. Right down to, like, the high school kids. Well, how do you get better there. if you don't? 100%. But if you don't tell me, like, if I don't have that complaint in real time. So here's something that happened to me at, at Simcha. Someone came in one time. It was a four to uh, six top. They were there celebrating, like, three birthdays. They'd said that in their reservation and everything. And one of my servers just didn't, like, they just made a mistake. They screwed up. It's a massive mistake. They didn't put their entree course in. Then they just did. And they came to me and said, hey, can you push that? I didn't put right in. That's exactly what they said. So we pushed it. I knew it was a little late. So I came to the table and I asked if everything was okay. And the woman was kind of snooty and said, yeah, it would have been nice if the entrees were in time. So I apologized and I sent dessert. Like that was what I did, right? right? So then the next day through our internal system, they were able to send us a review and it was scathing. So I wrote an email back and I said, listen, I'm so sorry this happened, blah, blah. What can I do to make this right? And the woman wrote back, there's nothing you can do now. When the entree showed up 50 minutes late, you should have comped them all. So first of all, I'm not sure how to deal with that because it's like, so I should comp all the food you're going to eat. Because... But either way, the point is, but in real time, and I, and I, I didn't want to argue with this person, but it's like in real time, I came to your table. If you had said to me, these were 50, I, that was the first I was hearing. That that's how late it was. It's, and we're the kind of environment where people stay for a long time. So I didn't know when their entrees were put in. Like, there was no way to know. So it's like, if that, if that review had been public instead of private, I just never would have, I would never would have found that out. Yeah, I mean, some of that's on your server, too. Right? No, it's all on my server. No, no, no. Well, in the server, not telling you. No, no. So the point, well, so the point that I'm the... trying to make here is, as a reviewer, what you don't know is how much was on my employee. Like, no, of course it was on that server. Yeah. Of course it was. I'm not saying any of it's on the customer, but my point is if you didn't say, like, look, I wear, I happen to wear a uniform that says I own the place. Right. So, like, you know you can tell me, and if you don't say it to me direct, how do I know that, like, so if that person just goes to Yelp, they don't, you as the third-party person yeah. reading that later, you don't, you might think that that's our ethos or that's okay, or that, that the problem was corrected, but you don't know that I, that my server told me he put the entrees in a couple minutes late. Right. Well, I think the difference is a couple minutes late or 
if the server said to you, hey, like I'm a couple minutes late on this, or like, hey, like I'm 30 minutes late on this, I need you to hustle. They said that's push a, it. That's a different. No, listen. So internally, you that's a internally, internally once server, I got, how late? So internally, well, in fairness, like in a busy service, this person yeah, walked yeah. up and said, can you push this? It's, I put it in. I didn't put it. He said, I didn't put it in right away. Now, right, when so I got the review, no, so again, yeah. like, look, my point is about how to read reviews. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, internally, when I, I got that review, yeah. who do you think I went to right away? Yeah, right, of course. And I said, like, this is unforgivable. And, by the way, the biggest issue with it was that it was like a violation, pulling back the curtains, of our internal protocol. Because we have rules that, like, you don't even take an order from two tables without, like, as soon as they take your order, they're supposed to go to the POS. Yeah, yeah. So, right. like, because servers will stack tickets. So, like, it's easier for them to take right. two tables orders. Yeah, of course. That's a, that's a, we, for internal reasons, because we're a small kitchen. Small kitchen. We don't exactly. want to deal with two tickets in a row. So what buys us like 30 seconds, a minute of time is that trip. So the point is this person literally had to violate our protocol to, to mess this up. Right. So no, of course we dealt with that internally. But my point is the person reading that review, if it's public instead of private, right. they don't know if like the restaurant is just like disorganized or if some, or if a human being, like one individual made a mistake. And that's the problem with review culture is that person didn't deal with it right then. All she had to say right, to me right, right. was, hey, our entrees were an hour late. Holy shit. Then we would have comped it. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. I would have been like, oh my God. Yeah, like right. Comp, dessert. Yeah, comp, drinks, dessert. Especially when they make a reservation, you know, you but want to take care of them. They put down that they were having three birthdays. Yeah. Like, of course I would have, like, you kidding me? But I mean, I agree with your bigger point. Like, the, the feedback in real time is far more valuable for the restaurant than it is to be a keyboard warrior the next day when you're sitting on your lunch break. It's well, like, you know what? Hey, this, all this proves And more valuable that, for the consumer, by the way. Right, yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, for everyone. instead of owning a restaurant, a small business, just become an influencer. You don't have to deal right. with this shit. Just do some squats. Yeah, well, the thing dance. is, but see, it, but it's that whole influencer culture because that influencer culture doesn't want to make the restaurant better. They don't want, they want yeah. the attention. They want to so get they're not gonna, shit. Yeah, so they're not going <laughs> to say like, hey, listen, uh, your server took my order and hasn't, and I don't have my food and it's been 12 minutes. No, they're like, hey, I hope they fuck this royally up so I can get some attention tomorrow. Or have, yeah. you, have, have you had people ask you for free shit to like post about it on Instagram yet? I'm not important enough, Ryan. Not, you're still a local celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still living out loud. Yeah. yeah. Someday I hope to be famous enough to yeah. be asked for free shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, well, that's after the that, dream. After that New York trip. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After the James Beard dinner, yeah. people will start to ask about like when we kill that, People will start maybe act. The thing I mean, is, that's a that's a big deal. That's huge a good deal. One. Yeah, that's it's. Hold it's, on, tell hold on, tell me tell about that people. again. Okay, so uh, we're gonna cook. Hold at, on, this is Chef Avi Shemtov, by the way. Yeah, from, this is Chef Avi Shemtov from, from Simcha. Simcha. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's been a goal of mine for a while. Obviously, like um, the James. So the James Beard Foundation is like I've learned a lot actually since being invited. I'm one of these people like I don't always know what I don't know. You just agree um, to it blindly. No, no, no. I knew it. No, yeah. I knew that. But like part of the whole like conversation is like, hey, do you know a lot about the James Beard Foundation? And I'm like, I know you guys keep calling Irene Lee a rising star, um, <laughs> which is cool, you know. But my point is, I don't know. I don't know much don't more know than that. that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how much more about your organization than that. And um. I'm like, I know you guys have the awards. That's what I'm saying. And, like, and they're like, yeah. Um, you know, the James Beard house in, in New York. I'm like, yeah, I know it's an honor and a privilege to cook there. So then they explained to me, basically, like, this dude, James Beard, um, was, like, a gambler and, like, kind of an out-of-control dude. But he just, like, threw these dinner parties. No, really. Like, it sounds like he died, like, penniless and shit because he was, like, out of control and, like, just doing his thing. Living, baby. He was living out loud, man. Living out loud. And uh, so this guy. Di- we should have named that the podcast. Guy, yeah. This guy used to have. That's got to be taken. This guy, uh, he, like, had um. How, like a house in Manhattan, and he would throw these crazy dinner parties. Mm-hmm. So he died, 
and he died penniless and all his stuff went to auction. So his friends all like got together and they scrounged up enough bucks to buy the house back. And they were like, in his honor, we're gonna throw these kind of dinner parties where we're gonna invite like chefs from around this country with some acclaim and like to do these dinners. And also we're gonna, we're gonna raise money for like scholarship funds to teach like kids like culinary stuff. So mm-hmm. their whole thing is like they're a foundation that's trying to help people sort of better their lives through culinary. But then also they throw these dinner parties that are you know, kind of pricey for people, to, and that's how they raise their money, for people to come sort of experience new stuff. It's, Some, it's a big honor. Yeah, and, right? so, and so that's the part that like I'm fully aware yeah. of, and it meant a lot to me. And for sure, like I mark it as one of those, like you know, sometimes people say things to you and you just put it in your back pocket and you go, yeah, I'm going to remember that. And someone told me at one point in my career, they were like, you know, like you're not, like this is, like you kind of do things your way and it's not going to equal out to this uh, this dream you have. And so I said, all right, cool. And uh, things like that, they go on my list. And I'm like, wait till I, wait till I cook. Wait till I make house. a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> wait till I cook. Yeah, you just wait till I make a podcast and then I'll talk shit about you. No, um, no they just, you know. So to me, when we got invited to cook at the Beard House, and, and it's funny because it's like, man, they really like invited us. Like they didn't, they weren't like, hey, can you do, like I've seen people, again, no disrespect to those people, but people that like get made a big deal out of get invited to do like a course. Right. And like they were just like, hey, let's do this dinner. And um, to me, that's cool. Like, and, and they, they like kind of got my vision for it. And I, I felt like that was a tribute, not just to myself, but to the people that cook with me and, and sort of like the dream. And that's the thing I tell the people that work with me all the time. I'm like, listen, I know it's crazy. I know what I'm asking. I know what I want. I know you don't think it makes sense, but just follow me and like we'll get where we're going. So that was a huge honor. And, and yeah, after that, I hope that people will maybe start asking me for free shit. Um, well, I've asked for enough free shit. You can have as much free shit as you want, big dog. There we go, baby. Yeah, don't worry. Ryan never asked me for free shit, but yes. if he wants some, he can. Ryan, hey. I'm saving it up. Oh, yeah, I really yeah, there you it. go. There you go. Can I tell you something, man? That's in my ether. That's what I need. I need a T-shirt that says, like, I can't wait till I'm big enough to give you all free shit. Hold on. I think I, I wish I could give I'm pretty sure um, that you promised my wife a Range Rover. I'm almost positive that happened. Uh, and I'll get there. Someday <laughs> that's going to happen. Like, you think, I, you think I didn't mean that? Listen, it's on the... I'm saving. I think I'm at, that account's at thirty-eight dollars right now, but it's on its way, man. Like every time I hit a big milestone, I say, "Gotta put something." Thirty-eight. Towards. Wait, what did we say? Two to one on that Josh McDaniels. So in twelve years, yeah. If I win, if I win, that will be that will be twice that. Yeah. Uh, if I lose, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna probably have to throw the thirty-eight in. Yeah. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. That's, probably that's what the bet is. Yeah. yeah. So. That's cool. But then again, she's a Giants fan, and she told me they were getting – how many wins did they end up with? Oh, oh yeah, that's 50. That's minus 50. No, how many wins did they end up yeah, with? Yeah, no, four. And what did I say? They almost had the backdoor cover. They really almost did. Uh, yeah. They played Miami. Oh, well, as you know, it's very easy to beat Miami. So um, Too soon. All right. Too soon. Let, let, let's just end this, uh, let's end this podcast on a high note. I don't want to go – I don't want to think about the playoff loss to Miami. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, hey, so great, we great job, guys. We Thanks. did it. Yeah. Hey, listen, to, to the first, all right? Let's, Ke- look, let's hey, look back Kerry, and laugh gonna, on this someday and laugh. It's going to go up from here. <laughs> yes, it's going to go up from here. Kerry was here. Ryan was here. Yeah. Avi was here. here. We did Corey it. was here. Yeah. No yeah. tagline? No, no tagline. Nope. This is heat in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs>